Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Guys, we were just talking about the issues the New York Giants are facing, and in 45 minutes, we're going to talk to Rex Ryan about it. Uh Uh-oh. Now, Saquon Barkley, who's on the field and healthy, um, had a couple runs. Did, didn't never like. Oh my god! Yards for eleven carries. Yeah, yep, but not like, like drop passes. But he was on the field. He was on, but not like. Oh my god! That dude's the most dangerous weapon in football. Kind of Saquon Barkley, like he looked like as a rookie. Here is Saquon after the game on the lack of Giants offense. Yeah, nine points is not acceptable. We gotta be better. We gotta capitalize on opportunities. We gotta be better. A whole start with myself. But Max, all right. So I'll be real with you. I like Saquon a lot. I think Saquon is talented. I think he's had some injuries. I think it's been unfortunate. But like, I, I'm not putting anything on Saquon. Even though as a fan, I kind of wish that Saquon's play would elevate the team to a degree. But what we're looking at is a train wreck, man. Yeah, that's a train wreck. And what happens when you have train wrecks as as you get to a player when you score? What is that? I need to score 26 points in our last three games. I mean, you're talking about a team that has 18 touchdowns, 12 games into the season. It's um, you, We are inept offensively. Yeah. And you just have a tendency. Like, I was a fan. I've checked out. I don't know what other fans have done. I know people love to be angry and keep yelling up the same damn things. But I've checked out on this Max team. Max Kellerman. That's right. <laughs> You're not lying. Checked out, Keith. I, look, Saquon Barkley had 11 touches. You don't draft a guy with the second overall pick and give him 11 touches. You give him 35 touches. Mm-hmm. That's you, you wear his ass out. I want to see the tongue falling on the ground in Florida. <sighs> you, that's what you do. But for whatever reason, the New York Giants have not gotten their money's worth because they haven't utilized him correctly. Running backs, running backs, that's a position. Running back position, they have to get touches. You can't take pay a guy that type of money to touch the ball only 11 times with 13 opportunities. And so that's on the Giants' offensive staff. That's on their staff. Mike Glennon is the quarterback. I don't need him dropping back throwing the football. I don't. I'll run the football. To the cows come home, to the to the tires are bald on Saquon Barkley. Period. Coming off a of knee surgery or not. The knee surgery was a long time ago. You know, what are we in our twelfth week? Thirteenth. Thirteenth week of the season. The knee looks fine to me. I think part of the reason the Giants like teams that we have good impressions of the quarterback and running back usually have real good offensive lines. And the Giants, Will Hernandez, things like, you know, like you have holes on the offensive line still where it's like, well, you're going to have to draft an offensive lineman well, again. 30, 35, car- 35 carries go. for 60 yards. Mike Glennon, yeah, 44 pass attempts. It. How many? 44 pass attempts. Uh, say it again, Jay. 40. What's his name? Pass it. Mike Glennon. Oh, I know him very well as a Bears fan. We gave him a lot of money. See, there you go. <laughs> you got Mike Glennon throwing the ball 44 times. And you got the running back that you took with the second overall pick, only touching at eleven. Yeah, but you did score nine points. You're Over not going. You're not going to win a whole lot of games by doing that. 
Yeah, it's unreal how um, this has been going on with the Giants now for so many years. And Mike so Glennon is years. concussed, Max. Yeah, right. No, concussed. you talk about Mike Glennon. You don't have to worry about him <laughs> dropping back, you know, however many times, throwing 44 passes because, uh, you know, concussion protocols, right? Like, listen, this it's, it's just bad for the Giants. By the way, to say nothing of the Jets, <laughs> like New York, but at least with the Jets, you don't, you're never really expecting much. Every team, the size, every city, the size of New York has, if they have two teams, usually has the heritage franchise and the clown franchise. People just clowning them because let's face it, because they're usually not good. But in New York, the heritage, like heritage franchise is the Giants and they're the clown franchise too. People clowning the Giants. I don't think the Giants are a clown franchise. They just, they just have some tough luck right now. Oh, it's just tough luck for right five now. years. Yeah, it happens. Doesn't happen to the Patriots. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that's what the Giants are supposed to be like, the Packers. But you know what, Max, the other day against Gardner Minshew, I mean, that that, that haircut, that mullet and that mustache, man. Talk about the game he had against the Jets. But there was some interesting sound that came out of that post-presser about the way the Jets prepared for the Eagles that kind of caught my ear. You want to hear the Bryce Hall sound? Yes, please. Jets cornerback? Okay, check it out. This is on how the Jets prepared for Gardner Minshew. No, we didn't. We were preparing for Jalen. And I think what that means for us is, like, we kind of saw them as similar. I mean, obviously we don't know each week who – we didn't get the information who was up or who was down and things like that. But in terms of the preparation, had it we known ahead of time, I don't think it would really honestly would have changed much at all. And so um, we still knew, you know, we had, a, we had prepared um, for what they were going to do. And I think – you know, in terms of running the football and, and and all the stuff that they did, it really didn't change whether it was Minshew and Jalen. They they did pretty much the same things that we were expecting them to do. So, in other words, he just got our coached. That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> because he, he's right in the sense that the things aren't going to change in terms of the scheme. Scheme's going to be the same. They're just running it with a different person. Should he have known who the number two quarterback is potentially going to be? Yes. yes. That's an <laughs> indictment on the coaching staff in the front office. You're supposed to know the first and the second player at every position, the depth. What year is he in the league, Matt? Doesn't matter. You know, but I, if he I, doesn't I, get that information that, oh, you know, Jay Will, uh, you know, his uh, his ankle is, you know, he's got a bruise on his ankle and – we're not sure if he's going to go, so what we're going to do is we're going to be prepared for either or. That's what you. That's how you coach a damn team, right? Yeah. I've been in a position where Ty Law is banged up, so I may see another corner. Or, hey, uh, Patrick Sertain is not going to – he practiced limited this week, so I think you're going to draw this corner instead most of the time on third down. So when I get out there – and Patrick Sertain isn't there, I'm prepared for whoever it is, right? If Sam Madison goes inside, I'm like, oh, well, Sam, okay, we practiced that this week. I, I hear you, Keith. Like, That's the it, Jets, it's just, it's just interesting, though. Like, it, it's, um, this reminds me of something that I would say my rookie year in the league or, like, my freshman year in college. Like, this isn't something that – and sometimes when you're younger, you kind of reveal the truth – Whereas a veteran, I would have disguised it differently. Somebody said, hey, did you guys prepare for Gardner? I'm like, well, look, you know, 
we had challenges. They presented challenges. We didn't answer the bell. There's certain things defensively we need to do better. But I would never have said no. Like, now this guy is second year in the league. I think he's revealing a, 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 a kind of a, a slight to Robert Sala and the coaching 100%. staff. 1,000%. Yeah. Even if it, he meant to do it intentionally or not. Yeah. That's exactly what it was, and that's a big problem. I think that's exactly right. It's not so much the fact of the matter. whether Because that alone, people could be like, hold up. Gardner Minshew, when the Eagles picked him up, I'm like, look at this. They barely gave up anything. He's one of the best backups in the league now. He's a starting caliber quarterback, you know. That's a nice backup to have for Jalen Hurts. To not be prepared is one thing. But the other thing, to me, which is worse, is a player speaking out like oh. that, throwing the coaching staff under the bus who's not a rookie. <laughs> that, to me, key, that, that's... Yeah, no, that's, that's juicy. But that just goes to show you, as I said a while ago, I don't know if he's – I don't know. Look, I'd like to give Robert Sala the benefit of the doubt because he's a first-time head coach. He's on the job learning. But there's no excuse for them not to understand that Gardner Minshew has an opportunity to play. There's, no, there's just no rhyme or reason you're ever going to convince me, even though the young kid – said what he said about not being prepared. If he was prepared, he wouldn't say that. Exactly. Duh. Duh. So the fact of the matter is he was unprepared, or he at least felt like that they were unprepared for Gardner Minshew based on not even knowing if he was going to play. You know when somebody is up. It's like, I just know. Yeah, it just says all the wrong things about the Jets right now. Meantime, Gardner Minshew, remember when he got his break? Who got hurt to give Gardner Minshew his break? It was Nick Foles, right? Mm -hmm. Nick Foles' injury. And Minshew's kind of, to me, like Nick Foles. Like, if he's in the right situation, Gardner Minshew can mess around and win win you some games. uh, And and, 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 and the reason I'm continuing to talk about this is I'm sick to my stomach that you are not prepared based on your scouting report and the information that you should have been given about somebody being injured and not playing. Because I played 11 years in the league at a very high level every single week. I came with mine, and I was prepared. And it is just, it's sickening to me when that sort of stuff happened, and we keep hiring people that's incompetent to a degree of doing their damn job. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boater, boats, not motorcycles. I don't know what that is. Boater they should cycle. make a motorcycle. That's a new one. That's they a just new yeah. Boats, motorcycles, <laughs> RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. This is without a doubt the biggest game of the year. It's the Patriots and, and how they're built. That's how they're going to have the edge. They're going to come and try to punch us in the mouth. Either we punch first. You know what I mean? It's going to get ugly for it. And this is really going to tell us everything we need to know about whether or not Buffalo is, is going to be a contender in the playoffs. Because it's now or never for them. Brian Greasy, ESPN Monday Night Football Analyst, joins us via the Goodyear Hotline. Brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Hey, B. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, man. Have you ever gone into a game as a starting quarterback of a team and not knew who the left backup left defensive tackle would be if the starter wasn't in the game? Never. <laughs> Never. Not crazy. in a million years. It just it makes no sense to me with the Jets. Uh, but it's the Jets, whatever. Brian, but let me ask you about that. If, if, what do you think that says when a player openly – 
kind of says, hey, like, no, we weren't we weren't prepared for Gardner Minshew. Like, we had we had no preparation at all about Gardner Minshew. Like, w- what kind of red flag would that present for you as somebody who understands football about the Jets and Robert Sala? Yeah, it's it's hard to make a, a wide sweeping comment on that, Jay. You know, I I give the benefit of that. I know Robert Sala. I know what kind of coach he is. I know his preparation. I've been in meeting rooms with him. Uh, and understand kind of how he prepares. I put this more on the player, um, and I'm not sure, the, you know, the context of what he was talking about, um, but it's on you. Um, it's on you to be prepare yourself each and every week, every situation uh, to be prepared for. Um, I know I know the coaching staff was preparing for him. Uh, I can tell you that. So it's, it's kind of hard to understand or fathom uh, how he could even say something like that after the course of a game. So – Without me being there and knowing exactly what happened, it's just really puzzling. Brian, uh, Mac Jones is off to a great start in his career as a young pup rookie finally going up to play a big-time team in Buffalo. Weather uh, could be a factor. What do you think about the success that he's having this season as a rookie? You once was a rookie quarterback yourself at the National Football League. Yeah, well, let me let me just alter uh, one thing you said, Key. Uh, Weather will be a factor. There's no question about it. Uh, I just actually got back. I went outside for a walk and came back, and it is Buffalo in December. And uh, it's, it's going to be wet, and it's going to be windy. Um, now, that's going to play so much more of a factor, the wind in this game. And, and for Mac Jones, um, you know, you mentioned being a rookie, and he, he hasn't played like a rookie. And he doesn't prepare like a rookie. Uh, I know Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are not treating him like a rookie. Um, he is getting every opportunity, as much offense as he can handle on a week-in and week-out basis. Um, and they are depending upon him uh, to go out and play at a high level and to get the offense in the right play at the right time in big-time moments. And that's not every rookie in the National Football League. And I know that we've compared Mac Jones to his rookie class pretty much throughout this year. I, uh, for me, I'm beyond that. I'm not comparing him to the, to the rest of this rookie class. I'm comparing him to the other contenders in the AFC, and I think that's what we need to start doing. How does he perform tonight against Josh Allen on the other side? How does he handle the elements, uh, both from a weather standpoint, but also this is really the first hostile environment in the National Football League that, that Mac Jones has played in. I'm not going to put New York up there. I'm not going to Houston, Carolina. This is the Buffalo Bills in December on the road, and it's going to be a hostile environment. I talked to them about the first time that he's really going to have to use a silent count uh, in the gun tonight. So there's a lot of things that are going to be first for him, Um, and obviously with a lot on the line, not just the AFC East, but potentially the number one seed in the AFC, a bye and home field, all those things are are at play tonight. Brian, I'm curious, considering that the Bills lost to the Jags on the road and then obviously got thumped by the Colts, uh, who do you think we're going to learn more about tonight, the Pats or the Bills? I think we're going to learn more about the Bills. And, um, you know, the Patriots have been, in the last six weeks, undoubtedly the most consistent team in the National Football League. Um, the Bills have been inconsistent. And and they have, obviously, we knew coming into the season, Jay, uh, that this was one of the favorites in the AFC, coming off of the appearance in the AFC Championship um, and, and they started the year great, hot, and they've been inconsistent. They have not put, stacked back-to-back wins in seven weeks. And, and you mentioned those two losses. They gave up 264 yards on the ground to the Colts. 
and we know that New England can run the football. Um, so I think that they are, are figuring out what they have to do. They've got to protect the football. You know, they had 11 turnovers in four games. So um, th- that's where it starts. Sean McDermott has preached that uh, all week, and Josh Allen has taken it to heart. And in a game like tonight, where it's going to be a fourth-quarter game, there's not going to be a lot of points, in my opinion, just because of the weather and the great defenses. Um, it's going to come down to turnovers. It's going to come down to fourth-down decisions, special teams, those kinds of, of plays. So um, I think the team that protects the ball better and runs it better and is more physical at the line of scrimmage wins tonight. Brian Greasy, ESPN's Monday Night Football Analyst and Proud Michigan Wolverine for a change, joining us here on Keyshawn, <laughs> J. Will, and uh, Max. Uh, Brian. Don't be throwing those barbs out like that, Key. Come on. It's been a minute, but we're just, at least we're back. That's why you're in it, Brian. You're right there. <laughs> no, I just had to give you a little Michigan love. Um, how, big, how big of a, a loss is Tredavious White for the Bills, especially in tonight's game? Well, it's a, it's a huge loss, not just for this defense, but, but for this team. And, and Tredavious, uh, you know, he was, the, he was the first pick of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean when they came in uh, together, and, and they have built this team around him. He has become the unquestioned leader of that defense, a uh, Pro Bowl kind of player. Um, so it's a big deal, Key. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal in tonight's game. Obviously, as, as it goes down the road into the playoffs, they're going to miss Tredavious White. Uh, but I don't anticipate a game where they're throwing the ball 40 times uh, with Mac Jones. So um, I think that the corners for the Bills tonight will be tested uh, on the edge tackling more so than they will be defending the pass. Uh, so we'll see if Dane Jackson, who's going to be the next guy up, uh, Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace will start a corner, um, and we'll see how they do. But uh, they're going to miss Tredavious White as this season goes on. There's no question. Brian, your Michigan Wolverines going against Georgia in the college football playoff. How, how has your view of Michigan and Coach Harbaugh changed this year considering that you are in the college football playoff? You know, Jay, I, I, uh, I'm really proud of the kids. Um, you know, there was a lot of negativity swirling around the, the program um, in the offseason. And, and kids, a lot of these kids like Aiden Hutchinson had decisions to make, whether they were going to come back for their final year at Michigan. And I'm just really proud. Uh, you know, I, I was in a very similar situation uh, coming back from my fifth year. I didn't know if I was going to come back. And, um, and, and you go through and you don't win a Big Ten championship. And I know that that uh, that bothers them when you go to that school and, and you compete at the level that they compete at, and they've gotten beat down by Ohio State. They've been inconsistent against Michigan State. Um, and, and obviously they lost again to Michigan State this year. But for them to come back and dedicate themselves and lead, lead the younger generation of kids that are, that are coming to school there uh, to, to the kind of season that they've had and to win the Big Ten championship and to beat Ohio State, and now to be in position to do something in, in the college football playoff, I, I just I give a lot of credit to, to the Aiden Hutchinsons of, the, of that team, to, to Cade McNamara, to Haskins, Coral. I mean, you can go down the line uh, that they've had guys that, that have approached it from a selfless standpoint, uh, and now they're reaping the rewards. So really proud of, of that, uh, that team and especially that senior class. Could you imagine losing to Michigan State? And then following that up by beating Ohio State, and if they were to go on a run to beat Georgia and Alabama 
in the college football playoff? Like, what would that mean to you? Oh, man. Well, that, that, that's a lot. That's asking a lot. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, they, listen, if they play well, if they play their, their top game, uh, I think they can compete with anyone. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them compete against the top of the SEC. Um, you know, the, the, the Big Ten has not had historic success in the college football playoff outside of Ohio State, you know, in, in that original college football playoff. Um, so I'm looking forward to them uh, seeing how they stack up. How does Aiden Hutchinson stack up? against Georgia's offensive line? Can he affect Stetson Bennett on a consistent basis? How does the Michigan offensive line stack up against what we know is an unbelievable front four for, for Georgia? So I think it's going to be a great contest. I know that they'll be underdogs, and they'll embrace that role. And uh, if they can run the football and, and control the clock, I think they have a chance. If Craig Krenzel and them could do it. Craig <laughs> Krenzel. That's right. <laughs> Brian Greasy, ESPN Monday Night Football Analyst. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Good luck tonight. All right, guys. You enjoy being nice and dry and warm tonight watching the game. (laughs) That's right. Rankings. That's why everyone loves, you know what, this is real football weather. I love this football weather. You know why? Because you're watching it it from your living room. It was the worst. The worst, huh? Oh, rain. It's Uh. so ugh. 35 and 42 mile an hour winds. You don't like that? No, no. Because then I got to block all day. Rankings, reactions (laughs) brought to you by Wendy's. It's better breakfast o'clock at Wendy's. So get a bacon or sausage, egg and cheese biscuit for $1. Don't forget, Rex Ryan's going to be with us in 20 minutes. Uh, Why Keyshawn does not have Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson in the same quarterback category. He'll explain next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, your podcast, presented by Progressive Insurance, all phone guests via the Goodyear hotline. All right. Um, Key, we've been talking about buckets of quarterbacks, basically since I joined this show. Because, yes. And I like the way you think about it. I, I have a similar view. In fact, not only that, I have similar guys in the different buckets. You have a top bucket with Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady. And then you also have Dak there. That's where we disagree, Disagree, right? I would say Herbert's there. But it, it, it's interesting because basically to me, it seems like your argument against Herbert is, okay, I've seen you do it a little bit. Now let me see you do it year in and year out and do something in the playoffs, right? And then he'll join that bucket? Is yeah, that- uh, yeah. He's, it, it, you, he's played two uh, years. 16 second, second plus year. how many more games is this year? 13 or 12. Or 29 17? games or something like yeah. that. So it's a smaller sample size, but he's going to leapfrog into the bucket, no question about it. He's like the little frog in the bucket right now, jumping up and down, and eventually he'll go boom, bam, and into the other what, bucket. What have you seen, other than the talent, but what have you seen from Dak as it relates to them getting to the playoffs that puts you that puts him in that first tier bucket? Well, if one he's been the, one he's been to the playoffs. Okay, okay. Would have won if Aaron Rodgers didn't lose his mind in that game. Yeah, too. so it's like he's done those sort of things. Okay. Not only that, he's been as consistent as you can be when healthy at the quarterback spot, even with different lineup changes, offensive line changes. All those sort of things. Fourth round pick wasn't expected to do too much. They also justified him being in my bucket by giving him the type of money that they're giving him. He is a top three paid quarterback in the National Football League. NFL owners don't run around and overpay for guys that are not good. Mm -hmm. You got to be good to get your money. Mm -hmm. They just not, no matter what, they just won't do it unless you are good because if this was Baker Mayfield, we wouldn't even be having a conversation, right? But there's a conversation about Baker Mayfield because people don't see him as good. They're like, ah, that wasn't the case with Dak Prescott. That's why Jerry Jones certainly backed the truck up. So, meantime, your top bucket, Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, you have Dak. Second bucket. Well, Deshaun would be in there if he was, you know, available. In your second bucket, Herbert and Carr and guys like this. Yeah, Stafford Wentz and, and Josh Allen. Now you have a different bucket, though. Yes. Can you explain? Because Lamar is in this different bucket. And and tell us why and why he is in a different bucket, but Dak isn't. Because they, their skill sets aren't the same. Lamar is different. Lamar is very uh, unorthodox in terms of delivery of the football. He rushes for 1,600 yards on the ground, throws for another 4,000 yards in the air. You, you you saw him last night. That's different, man. That's like Mars. Like, he's like a LeBron James, Steph Curry from Mars, man. They're from somewhere else, a whole nother planet we ain't never seen before. So you put him in that bucket. Same thing with Kyler Murray. You put him in that bucket. The one name that you had and we didn't mention in the top bucket was Russell Wilson. But yeah. he's, he's started – he's at the – you know, he's there. They're trying to kick him out, but he's there. Um, Father Time's trying to drag him they out trying, of They're trying to do him in, you know. But when you look at the different bucket, Dak Prescott is different than Lamar Jackson. People think, oh, no, they're the same kind of guy. No, they're not. It's not even close. Kyler Murray is more Lamar except better accuracy. His is like handoffs when he throw the ball. Lamar is just so unique talent-wise along with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is in the top bucket. 
because every last one of those dudes is above six feet. Every last one of them. And none of them can run and create the way he is as a magician. It's like basketball. For me, Steph Curry's in a whole nother stratosphere bucket by itself. You could take and find point guards, and you could say, well, he's a point guard. No, he's not. Yes, does he pass the ball? Of course. But what's his main ingredient? His main ingredient is shooting the lights out. Everybody else tries to copy that style and can't because he's the master at it. Hmm. I mean, Jay, I thought you brought up a good point earlier, which is I think you make a very good point for Lamar is in his own category. Now, Kyler Murray, Jay, you pointed this out earlier in the show, is interesting because he can do certain things. He's very fast, and and you you can design plays for him. He can pick up yards on the ground. But his level of accuracy is ridiculous. It I get may, accurate as hell. It may force him into just your plain old your first bucket. bucket. No, yeah. because everything, because he's so unique, because of his size. That's the uniqueness of him. Well, what about Russell Wilson? Russell so, Wilson doesn't run like Kyler Murray. No, it's so, true. But, Max, just add to your point, like his completion percentage is 73%. So it, it, it's that's just like that's a it's off, nuts for for all the added abilities that he brings to the table, but the accuracy from when he's in the pocket. That's why I think he's more in that traditional bucket. Even though I know that his skill set can make him an outlier, but that completion percentage, man. Like if you're having Dak in that conversation, I'm sitting there saying, okay, but Dak can't do what he does. I know. So why isn't Kyler Murray in that first tier bucket? Because he the different bucket is better than the top bucket. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, it's better. Oh, I never heard you say that it's before. Better. I never Me heard neither. you say that before. The different bucket. Because I don't know if I I, I, I don't know. So, if oh, I, wait, wait. I, I, so, let me get this straight. So, wait. So, the I different bucket. Bu- I would want Aaron Rodgers in that first tier bucket more than I want Lamar Jackson. Well, okay. So, I don't know if it's better. No. This, but I hear what you're saying. It, it, in terms of what do people, when you watch in football, you want to see splash and snack, crackle, pop. Uh-huh. Lamar is giving you that. Kyler's giving you that. Tom Brady ain't giving you – Tom Brady going to give you the wins and some championships as a pure quarterback. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they give me some splash. Not, yeah, maybe not really, at the same – No, it ain't the same as them two dudes. They don't like run Lamar the Jackson same way. No, they don't run – it don't look the same. So <laughs> I, I agree, I agree, but there's still an element this. of splash compared to other traditional quarterbacks in the league. Let me interpret what you're saying. Tell me if I'm onto something or not, Key. Because uh, I would be with you if this is the case. They're kind of like – not that the that the Lamar bucket is higher, but if you could master the Lamar bucket, like eventually we're gonna Ain't have nobody a, gonna be able to do that though. But but what if we have like Kyler Murray? Let's eventually there's gonna be a six foot three Kyler Murray, and he's gonna dominate the that off to the side bucket and be the best player ever, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you know who you could have put in that bucket huh. eight years ago? Cam Newton would be in a different bucket. Yeah, he would be with. Michael Vick before him. Well, Lamar yeah. and Kyler, you damn right. Yeah. It would be Lamar, Kyler, Mike Vick, uh, uh, Cam Newton. Them dudes is different. They just different. Running backs who can throw. Running backs, just, receivers who can throw. It's just I know Lamar is so special, and he's so talented. You just start looking at some numbers, and you're like, all right, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions this year. Like, it's been – and granted, they've been depleted. He's had to carry people differently. It just makes it hard to say, hey, that bucket is better than this bucket. It, it's better in terms – not as a quarterback. You're just saying as just, far as entertainment they, None of them dudes at the top could take on an entire team by themselves. Kyler Murray and him can. We've seen it last night. 
Dude ain't got nobody out there. He just out there. We seen it all year long. He out there all by himself, just doing the damn thing. Kyler Murray, guys, and the Arizona Cardinals, when he's been healthy, and they've been, they've been the best team in football, wire to wire. That's like, that's why. Yes. That's why Lamar Jackson can name his price because he's different. Oh, I agree with you. I agree he's with just you on that. Different. Why Rex Ryan thing. thinks this is the most important season. Listen to this, everybody. <laughs> the most important offseason ever for the New York Jets. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Rex Ryan, ESPN mm-hmm. NFL analyst, one of the highlights of the week, joins giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. What's up, Rex? What's happening, guys? What up, we got the whole crew here today. Yeah, that's yeah. Lots of I like it. For now. Oh, For now. <laughs> Coach, Coach, I teased this segment by saying that someone believed <clears> – <throat> that this is the most important offseason in the history Amen. of the Jets franchise. Why, Coach? Because they got to get this defense fixed. I mean, this defense is terrible, and they got to get it fixed. And when you take your head coach as a defensive guy, all right, you don't think he knows it's crap? Like, they, they're going to get this thing fixed, whether it's through free oh. agency, draft, or both. They have to get this thing fixed. Yeah. Absolutely do. And, and when they do, they got a chance, man. They'll have a chance. But they they have to hit on every pick and every offseason thing. Similar 
to what the Patriots did this year. They had to hit. They spent all the dang money, $163 million, what had to hit. Why? Because they weren't good enough. So they had to fix it. All right? They had to hit on the draft. Well, they got the damn rookie of the year in Mac Jones. That's pretty dang good. So who are we so so who are we putting the onus on to hit? Is it Joe Douglas? Does he have to go out there? Because you mentioned you said yeah. what New England Absolutely. did, right? Yep. So Joe Douglas now got to go to to Woody Johnson and say, look, we getting ready to turn this thing around. Here's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna spend right. some money in free agency, we're gonna draft well. So it's all on him to put the pieces around Robert Sala so then he can cook. I think it's it's all in the organization. They have to be in lockstep together. Because if not, if you're trying to put a square peg in a round hole, in other words, you're going to, you know, if Joe Douglas goes out and he he gets a, you know, a certain type of player that may fit a different scheme uh, defensively better than the scheme that, that that's here, it's not going to work. I'll, I'll put it this way, John Itzik. John Itzik gave me a enforcer-type guy a safety but wasn't a man cover type safety. It never fit. All right. They, they took a kid from Louisville or whatever. That wasn't a good fit. Everything he, he did was drafting to that Seattle Seahawk plan. He had an idea. And you know what? It might have worked if they had a Seattle Seahawk head coach, but it wasn't working for me. It was a dip, different style. So to me, they've got to get locked together. We, and, and, and when they do and see it the exact same way, they'll have a chance to hit. I forgot, John. It's a was your general manager. That's one of the reasons you sit here with us. Amen, my friend. <laughs> Se- Sexy Rex, I want to ask you. So Bryce Hall last night after the game uh, says some interesting things about they weren't prepared for Gardner. Yeah, and, and my question, just as a head coach, what position does that put you in when you then have to answer questions about that after a loss? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely brutal, and and it's BS on that kid's part, even if it's true. To put your head coach in, in that situation, you just put a dang bus print on him. You know what I mean? So, to me, look, here's basically this is what they did. Obviously, they're getting ready to play the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They don't care who the hell is the quarterback, all right, uh, schematically. They, they probably went in there and say, look, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, it's going to be the same offense. And so that's probably what it was. Now, if you wanted to get tape on Gardner Minshew in an Eagles uniform, that would have been hard to do. They traded up, you know, traded to get him. And if you're going to put tape on him when he was in Jacksonville, Not running a completely system. different system, then I get it. So to me, I'm sure they made mention of, hey, look, Gardner Minshew, there's a, there's a possibility that Jalen Hurts, you always put the injury report up. There's a chance that, you know, this guy's questionable. It's a chance he won't play. I'm sure they went over that. But for this guy, we weren't prepared for it. My butt. Quit making excuses. This is what happens in a losing locker room, though. Okay? It's everybody start pointing those fingers. And it's this guy's. It's the coach. It's this guy. It's that guy. It's this guy. That's why this offseason is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why this offseason is so critical. You better bring in guys that are going to hold on to that freaking rope. And pull that thing you mean regardless in the of room. what the hell Same happens. Direction. You mean in the locker room. In the locker room when we are dang lockstep together for the whole season come come hell or high water. Good times, bad times. Anybody can hold on to the rope in the good times. But you find out about your football team and the character of your football team in times like That's this. That's interesting, guys, because like that – that can't come from the coaching staff, right? Like, that has to be a veteran leadership in a locker room, right? Or well, special it, character it, it, in a locker room. It, it, it comes from the coaches and it bleeds down to the locker room. Because if your coaches are walking around there acting miserable all the time, 
then the players are going to pick up on that, and they're going to act miserable. That's why I always say, and y'all joke, when the season is over, three weeks before it's actually over, and you start smelling that this coach is trying to leave. He got the door closed. He got his little <laughs> blind down. He's got – you walk in his office, he got ten damn books of rosters and stuff of teams that y'all don't even play because he's looking in there trying to see what the next job is going to be. That's when you know – that he's losing the team in the locker room. So when you keep it together, everybody is like, okay, coach is still happy no matter how bad the season is going. When everybody walk around upbeat, you already know, okay, we're going to come back, we're going to rock, they're going to get it right, and we're going to be good. But, Max, I agree. Like on the basketball side, less people, 13 people, right? So it takes one or two guys. Football side, you probably need a lot more. But there is a veteran presence that says, no, nah, like all that little BS that y'all, you guys are doing ain't happening here. It has to come from internal to a degree. Like, there has to be a reflection of the coach in the locker room. But that's why I wish Sala would have brought in some of his guys that, that, that knew him, and whether it's from a scheme standpoint or whatever, but also knew him personally. So he didn't, so he didn't so, get – No, get, he never brought anybody like that. Really? Like No. That's and see, when I, went, wow. when I went to the Jets – You overpaid Bart. I overpaid Bart, but Bart was still a damn baller. And we brought in Jim <laughs> Leonard, and we brought in Marcus Douglas. Yeah. So I had three guys that knew me. And you know what? They, they, they knew all about me and were like, no, this dude's got it. He's crazy, but you know what? We're going to follow him. And that's what you need. When I went to Buffalo, I made the same mistake Robert Sala did. And, and you know what? I ended up getting the locker room. Uh, you know, that offensive line was all my guys. We, we ended up being dead last in the damn taking over a team that's dead last in the league and rushing, deleting it because those are my guys. It was more – but the guys, this is a crazy thing, that became my guys was the offensive line, not the defense. I never had that in my life on, on that. But those guys thought they were there, and, and it was about them. We're going to run this. We're going to run uh, four-man rush. We want to play coverage and run. Man, they, 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 that was BS. Like, they never bought into me. But they should have – like, obviously you would have thought – that, that they would have, but but it never happened. And I think Robert made the same mistake I made when I went to Buffalo. So it, it's interesting. One of your other coaching spots was Baltimore. You were there for the Ravens putting yep. the defense together. What the hell is wrong with their offense right now, man? Man, oh, man, they can't. It, right now, here's the thing. They can't bust a grape in a running game. Unless Lamar is just making plays out as you know what. That This team, that there's nothing to them right now. You don't fear anything about them. The passing game or whatever. Look, Sammy Watkins made a couple of great plays in that game. But – it's all like individual things. There's no rhythm to it, and and that's what you know. That's what bothers me. They just have to happen to have a phenomenal guy playing the quarterback position. But I think they lost that game on defense. They let the ball get down inside the ten yard line. Every single person on the planet should know you don't play cover zero against Ben Roethlisberger inside the ten yard line. Play zone and 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 play it out. And they went back to back plays with the game on the line. They gave up the touchdown on third down and a two point play. And that at the end of the day is what what bit them. Interesting stuff as always from Rex Ryan, Coach uh, Sala made the same mistake you made when when you went to Buffalo. Yeah. And, and could you say that what that is in one sentence? We got thirty seconds. Yeah, not bringing in people that know you, and and uh, and, and, and sings your praises and and has your back. Got to bring That's, in your guys you to set bring the tone in, in the locker room so they don't let go it, of that rope in the bad times. It, it helps, man. I'm just telling you. Well, hey, listen, coaches have, make rookie mistakes too, and they can correct right. them. Who's the best team in the AFC? Coming up, Keyshawn J. Willemax.
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.